Today on the newscast, Al-Qaeda's leader is eliminated, but is his successor living in Iran? Find out next. Folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. The leader of Al-Qaeda is dead. Ayman al-Zawahiri was eliminated over the weekend by a U.S. drone strike, according to the Biden administration. Yesterday, Monday, August 1st, President Biden gave a statement from the White House announcing that al-Zawahiri was eliminated. We've got all the breaking details. And who will be his successor? Is there an Iran link here? In a minute, before we get into it, I just want to encourage you to subscribe to the Watchman News channel right here on YouTube and click the notification bell so you get alerts every time a new video is posted. Breaking news today, again, Al-Zawahiri is dead. Now, he was. A few details here first. We'll break down who he was, the ramifications of his death, and what comes next. Namely, is his successor, a guy by the name of Saif Aladel, living in Iran right now. First, some of the background, the details around his death, according to the U.S. government. Number one, al-Zawahri was living in Kabul, Afghanistan. Fancy that, under the watchful eye of the Taliban, living in a safe house in the Afghan capital. Apparently, the safe house belonged to an aide to a senior Taliban leader and was connected to an organization called the Haqqani Network, a powerful terror organization that operates inside Afghanistan. And folks, you have to assume that al-Zawahri made his way to Kabul after that disastrous U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan nearly a year ago now. That's hard to believe. But is this exactly what we feared? That Afghanistan, once again, is this a prime example that Afghanistan, once again, is becoming a terror safe haven under Taliban rule? They rolled out the red carpet, apparently, for the leader of al-Qaeda, Ayman al-Zawahiri. Again, al-Qaeda and the Taliban have traditionally had a very close working relationship. Who else has made their way to Afghanistan since the U.S. withdrew in such disastrous fashion last year. Al-Zawahri was there. Are there other al-Qaeda leaders, ISIS leaders perhaps? This bears very close attention. What will become of that country under Taliban rule? We know it's nothing good, and it's clearly going in a very wrong direction. But again, does Afghanistan under the Taliban become a safe, haven for the likes of al-Qaeda, ISIS, and other jihadi outfits to plan, to plot, and to launch attacks against the West, including the United States. Hey, prior to 9-11, of course, Ayman al-Zawahiri, the not-so-dearly-departed terror leader, along with Osama bin Laden and other al-Qaeda leaders, they convened in Afghanistan, that is where they were living, uh, as guests of the Taliban, Remember, the Taliban ruled Afghanistan between 1996 and 2001 until they were overthrown after 9-11. But during that first go-round of leadership, the Taliban welcomed al-Qaeda to set up shop training camps on Afghan soil. And that's exactly what al-Qaeda did. They planned the 9-11 attacks from Afghanistan. And again, Zawahiri, along with uh, bin Laden, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, Saif al-Adel, who I mentioned, some of the central figures in planning the deadliest terror attack in U.S. history. Is that kind of situation developing once again in Afghanistan where these 
Jihadis will gather, plan, and plot. It very well could be, folks. I think it was pretty, uh, pretty telling that the Taliban already has condemned the killing of al-Zawahri. Now, how did it go down? According to the White House, uh, U.S. drone strike. Pretty simple. Uh, al-Zawahri, apparently at this safe house, liked to spend time on the balcony. He was apparently standing on the balcony when he was eliminated by a U.S. drone strike. He had led al-Qaeda since 2011 after U.S. forces killed Osama bin Laden in neighboring Pakistan. Al-Zawahri, for the past 11 years plus, had been at the helm. But folks, during that time, he was very ineffective. It's unclear how much day-to-day operational, hands-on effect Zawahri had. How much was he really directing things for Al-Qaeda as he was moving from safe house to safe house in hiding in the tribal regions of Pakistan and elsewhere? And then he resurfaces here in Afghanistan. But he said he was 71 years old. Uh, How was his health? We're not quite sure, but he was certainly moving around and living underground really for the better part of 21 years, ever since the 9-11 attacks, one thing to mention about the background of al-Zawahri, I mentioned he was 71 years old. He was an Egyptian native from a very prominent and wealthy Egyptian family. Now, we see this many times with Hamas leaders, with al-Qaeda leaders, Osama bin Laden, of course. His family was a multi-millionaire construction business-owning family, prominent family in Saudi Arabia. So, folks, it's not poverty that drives terrorism. Ultimately, it is ideology. And Zawahri, bin Laden, and the like were driven by ideology. And that ideology led al-Zawahri into forming an organization in Egypt called Egyptian Islamic Jihad, which was uh, involved in the assassination of Anwar al-Sadat, the Egyptian leader, in 1981. Al-Zawahri was thrown in prison for that. Eventually, he got out. Late 80s, early 90s, joined up with bin Laden, formed Al-Qaeda. But one more nugget to mention here, Al-Zawahri was a medical doctor. (laughs) He actually practiced medicine before devoting his life to jihad. So just another interesting wrinkle there. Again, it was the ideology. This guy, all his needs were met. He was living a very comfortable life in Egypt, but he was driven by the ideology. And if you do not understand the ideology, you cannot defeat the enemy. And that brings us to the Iranian regime and what is happening now, and what comes next for the global jihadi movement. As I mentioned, Al-Qaeda and ISIS, they're down, but they're not out. I'm looking at at Afghanistan, of course, as a prime region where they can resuscitate and reform and rebuild the Sunni jihadist movement. Africa is another place, folks, that we must keep a very close eye on. Uh, Places like Nigeria, the Horn of Africa, of course, Somalia, that whole area, the Sahal, the Sahara Desert region, These are all places where Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and their ilk can reconstitute a new movement, perhaps even more violent and wicked than Al-Qaeda and ISIS, if that's possible. But believe me, there is certainly the will and the intent among evil individuals worldwide to put that Sunni jihadist movement back on the map. We pray that doesn't happen. Last note on that point, Iran, obviously the world's Shia superpower, but Ever since 9-11, Iran has harbored al-Qaeda members, top al-Qaeda members. If you remember back in 2020, one of them by the name of Mohammed al-Masri was assassinated on Iranian soil, taken out. Now Saif al-Adel is a name we have to keep an eye on, folks. He has been living in Iran really since 2002, the past 20 years. 
He fled Afghanistan and the U.S. response to 9-11 there, the U.S. strikes, the overthrow of the Taliban, the targeting of Al-Qaeda in Tora Bora and places like that. Many Al-Qaeda leaders, again, and their families fled to Iran. It's a bit murky, the relationship between Saif al-Adel and the Iranian regime. But he's living there, and he's been living there, and he's unscathed, and presumably the Iranian regime is allowing Saif al-Adel to operate relatively freely on Iranian soil. He seems to be the man, the potential successor. Uh, For instance, Osama bin Laden's son, Hamza bin Laden, was killed in 2019. So... Zawahiri dead now, Al-Zawahiri. Now we have Saif al-Adel. He's the guy who's left. He was arguably, around the time of 9-11, the number four ranked terrorist in the Al-Qaeda hierarchy. He is also an Egyptian native. He was involved in the 1998 Africa embassy bombings. Also the Black Hawk Down incident in Somalia in 1993. Saif al-Adel had a hand in that as well. A very ruthless customer reportedly. The big question as we close here. He is in Iran. If he is indeed the successor to al-Zawahiri to lead al-Qaeda, what is Iran's role in this? Does Iran allow him to lead al-Qaeda from Iranian soil, openly harbor a terror leader? Uh, Does Iran have any involvement? It's going to be very interesting to watch how this develops. Some geniuses inside the Washington Beltway will say, wait a minute, Iran is Shia? Al-Qaeda is Sunni. The two can never work together. Well, guess what? That's number one wrong historically. Al-Qaeda and Iran have worked together from time to time. Sunni Hamas is a proxy of Shia Iran. There are many examples here. Uh, But secondly, the old adage, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, certainly applies here where, hey, Shia and Sunni jihadis may not be very fond of each other, but when it comes to to killing Americans, Israelis, they get along just fine. And we have a case of that now. Keep it right here. We'll have much more tomorrow on all the latest news that matters to you out of the world's most chaotic and volatile region, the Middle East. Until then, thanks for joining us today. God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.